and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Welcome back to Lodge Tales, everyone. Um... Episode 18 is going to be with my cousin Priscilla, Priscilla Potts LaPointe. In this episode, we uh, we talk about, well, she tells a story about this uh, ghost at a marketplace up there. And she's seen it. It's in this book. And, uh, well, she really didn't understand what she's seen until after she seen a book about it. Some local ghost story book, right? And she goes on to tell that story about what happened there, what her experience was with it. Talk a little about eagles, those, you know, eagle spirits and stuff, and uh, just general spirits, and I mean spirits in general, we kind of talk about a little of that too. I tell this story about what happened when, uh, when I was working, and there's, this is just recent, it just, just happened. Um, I call it the little house of bangs. So much banging going on in that house, and just all these odd things were happening. So, I talk about that. At the end, we talk about Goatman, and um, basically things you shouldn't be messing with as well. And that's going to kind of do it for this episode. And um, I'd like to just kind of forewarn you, my dog starts whining at some point in the video. <laughs> I have to... Uh, Edit it out, and he's always sighing. I don't know if you just heard him breathe right there, but he's always making noise in here. <laughs> and my kid, you can hear my kid in the background. He's playing Minecraft, his mom. But anyways, I uh, apologize for those. And, um, well, again, I would like to thank everybody for being, being a part of this podcast, listening in, you know. Um, thank the people for coming on and sharing stories. And thank all the patrons, especially, you know, listeners alike. Um, you guys really, well, you give me the motivation and the uh, the drive to continue searching people out, making phone calls, you know, just running it through the programs, editing, the whole thing, just making it worth my while because I really like sharing these stories with everybody. It's an, it's an honor to do it, and I'm thankful that people are interested and you know wanna wanna hear it well without messing around anymore let's go ahead and get into it with, with Priscilla well welcome back to Lodge Tales everyone this week we got Priscilla with us and uh, she's my cousin and she has a couple of really good stories to tell but before I let her introduce herself I want everybody to know we had a hell of a time getting this this story that she's about to tell recorded. We too many scheduling conflicts, this, that, and the other. It's almost like it didn't want to be told. 
So here we are, and uh, I'll let Priscilla go ahead and introduce herself and and tell us that story. All right, <laughs> go ahead, Priscilla. Hello, my name's Priscilla Potts. Um, now Priscilla Point. Um, Rod's my cousin. We grew up together out into medicine. Um, I live in Washington now, and I've always seen things, but never been able to really verify it this story just kind of makes everything clear <laughs> so a while ago i lived on 96th street and i i had all my kids with me they're all different ages they were about 16 15 and younger the youngest one was five and you know kids they get rambunctious so you got to keep going on trips and taking them out if you don't you keep them cooped up in the house all they do is fight <laughs> so on this one trip I had a migraine oh man and that's when I could really see things and um, we was on our way to Seattle we planned this trip for a really long time the kids all wanted to see Pike Place Market we lived in Seattle for about 25 years maybe longer we never seen Pike Place Market so I told all the kids let's go we took off and we went down there man and it was the weekend and that place is packed I mean it was so packed and it was hot like you could see the heat on the sidewalks hmm. and there was so many people down there like you had to hold on to each other or else you'd get lost or separated and there's me, Kirsty, Valerie, JJ, my husband Frank, and my, um, what do you call him, my stepson? <laughs> so it was Frank's boy, Kane. Uh -huh. yeah. He was there too. And then Aiden. And he was five. So we're all down there, and it's hot. We went to Starbucks, and I got my coffee, and we come out, and everybody's kind of miserable, and and I see these vendors. There's there's vendors on the side of the sidewalk. There's like maybe like five or six of them. And I'm like, I want to go check out that one in the middle. They've got um, cedar weaving things. They've got all these coastal artifact things that I want to check out. And I could see them clear and they're kind of like hazy. And I could see the person standing there too. They got long hair. And I could see the vendor next to them. They had, um, like, what are they called? Like, um, reggae stuff. A mm -hmm. bunch of reggae stuff. So it was vibrant colors right next to them. And the guy next to the native one was pictures. Like, just a bunch of pictures. So I could see. I could see really clear. I could see all these stands. And I could see which one I wanted to go to. And I wouldn't take my eyes off of it because I really wanted to get there. I knew if I took my eyes off it, I would lose it because it, it was packed. Like you couldn't look down, you couldn't look left. It was really, really packed. And it was like a cobblestone street. So you kind of tripped huh. and it was a ways away. And uh, <laughs> my husband, he's like, all right, everybody hold on. And he's like, he knew it was like, it was going to be a battle to get to this because it was like a quicksand of people. And there's, they're selling flowers to the left and to the right hand side, there's a bunch of food stands and there's just all kinds of stuff. There's just all kinds of stuff all going on at once. And I'm like, I'm not taking my eyes off that stand. I want to get there. And he's trying to get me there. And he goes, and nobody sees where the stand is. And I keep telling them right there. And they're like, where? And I'm like, that one, second one to the end right there. And they're like, well, we don't see it. And we're all holding on to each other. And Aiden, he's poor Aiden. He's like holding on. He's the last one. <laughs> and he's like, slow down. And we're like, hurry up. And we're all just holding on to each other and just like weaving through these people. So we finally make it over there. And it's empty. There's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. So there's the pictures, the guy with the pictures then there's an empty space and then there's the reggae 
and then there's a bunch of other stands to the left. And I'm like, what the heck, man? We, I didn't take my eyes off of them for not one second. How did they pack up that fast and leave? I was like, that's impossible. Hmm. And I'm like, and I'm asking my husband, did you see the stand? He's looking at me like, no, but I got you here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I never seen it. And I'm asking my kids. I'm like, did you guys see the stand? Did you guys see all the, the, it was like cedar hats and, um, I can't even, it was like, um, uh, carved things. Like it was all kinds of stuff. Just talking about it is making me shake and I get goosebumps. Hmm. And I was like that, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I, like I said, I asked all the kids and they were like, no, we didn't see none of that. We didn't see anything. <clears throat> so I asked the guy with the pictures. I'm like, where did this person go? There was a stand right here. I was like, it was, it was a person with really long hair, like peppery long hair. I was like, they had um, cedar hats. They had uh, wooden stuff. I was like, I was explaining to him. And this guy's looking at me and he's smirking. He's like smirking like, yeah, right, get out. But he ain't saying nothing. I mean, he's not even talking to me. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Maybe he didn't hear me because there's a lot of people. So I go to the reggae stand and I ask that guy. And he's standing there and he's like, he's looking at me and he's giving me the same look, like the same smirk, like, yeah, right, whatever. You're playing a joke. Get out of here, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay. Well, I just brushed it off as because that happens to me a lot, uh. a lot. Like somebody will be standing there, and I'll see someone standing next to them, and I'll say, "Excuse me," and they'll be like, "What?" And I'll look over, and there's only one person there, and I'm, they're like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like, oh, "Nobody," <laughs> and I'll just go on my way. Uh-huh. And then, um, so. I just went on about life, just what I just completely forgot about it. And then um, we're sitting, fast forward years later, like two years later, my best friend comes over and she needs help with her kids. And um, she brings me to this car lot. She's like, just watch the kids for a couple hours or not even a couple, it wasn't even supposed to be a couple hours. She just said, watch the kids so she could do the paperwork, but we know that's a couple hours. (laughs) So I'm sitting there trying to keep the kids busy and occupied. Excuse me. And they're little ones. They're, they're running all over the place and I'm chasing them. So I'm, I'm trying to do anything to keep them busy. They're done with the crayons. They're done with everything else. And then I see this book. It says weird stories about Washington. Let me see, let me get the real exact name of this book. Because after I read this story, and I'll tell you the exact page too. So it's Weird Washington. That's the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find the page. Oh wow! Right to the page. Wow! Right to the page. And she is, uh, there's no numbers in this book. So she would be called the local legends. That's where you'll find her story. So anyway, I read this story about this lady. Her, she was Chief Seattle's daughter. Mm-hmm. Her name is Kiki Soblu. And her house used to be right there. And she was the last holdout of the natives over there. And she used to sell her artifacts in that spot. Oh. Yeah. And the, the mayor of Seattle um, actually kept her and adopted her. And then she's buried right by his feet. Oh. And I was like, I read this whole story, and inside of this story, it talks about people walking through Pike Place Market and seeing exactly what I see. 
and the people around them doing the same thing to them. Like, yeah, right, you read the story. You know the tale. You're pulling my leg. You didn't really see her. And then they look at you like, oh, my God. And they get goosebumps. They don't want to really, uh, they don't want to admit there's a ghost right next to them. <laughs> <laughs> and she's there. They, She's there. Every, like, I think it's empty all the time. Like, but- nobody ever says has a stand there. That's wild, man. So a lot of people have seen her, huh? Yes. Yes. It tells you in this book, there's uh, mostly, uh, what do you call it? Uh, tourists. Yeah. They'll talk about seeing her and they'll, when they get there to her spot, they ask, where did she go? Where did that person go? Where's this native at that was selling all this native stuff? And they won't tell you. They won't say nothing. Weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever so went they, back? Sorry. No. Um, every time we went back was on a weekday. And mm-hmm. on the weekdays, it's empty. Oh. So, and there's no vendors there like that. Only on the weekends do they have vendors up and down the streets. And there's, um, sometimes there's people in the streets playing music. Uh, there's a park called Discovery Park right across the street. That's where all the skins hang out. Oh. Yeah. Dang. I don't know why they hang out there, but yeah, that's where they all like to hang out. How did she look when you seen her that you remember? Um, she's wearing her bandana. She had long stringy hair. Um... She was wearing like a brown shirt, almost looked like from a distance, it looked like she wasn't wearing a shirt, but it's, it's dark brown and you can't see below her waist. Like you can't see her feet because oh. of the people that are there. Cause it's so crowded, Yeah. but it's in vapors. So you could see the stands. Like that's the only way I can explain it. Like it was so far away. Like I knew I wanted to go there and I seen her. And I counted each stand, and I knew exactly where to go. And you could see the stuff hanging out, too. Did, uh, did she have, like, I mean, did she notice you when you were, when you seen her? Did she look at you? I, no, it was more, it was like a shadow. Like oh, I vapors, see. like a shadow. It, I couldn't make out her face i couldn't see a nose i couldn't see eyes all i could see was like the hair and tell it was a woman and you could like that's best i could explain <laughs> whoa did that so, <laughs> that creeped you uh, out when you seen that book at that <laughs> no it actually it was it was a good feeling it was it was kind of like a i'm not crazy moment like yeah like, so, so everything <laughs> that I see is, is real. Like, it's okay. <laughs> kind of validated yourself there, huh? Yeah. And then, so, my husband, fast forward even past that, my husband surprised me with a surprise trip to Seattle. He does this all the time. He just, he, does, he never tells me where we're going. Mm-hmm. And he just says, get ready for this kind of a day if we're going to climb or if we're going to be in water or whatever he tells me get ready so this day he said he didn't he didn't tell me we're going to a cemetery either or else i would have prepared for that too but he said get ready we're going for a trip i was like okay so we took off to seattle and he brings me to a cemetery i'm like oh man you can't be bringing me to cemeteries man and i keep trying to explain that to him you can't bring me to because i will carry something home if i don't have my tobacco and you know, I do a little routine. I say my prayers and I cross my heart and I tell them stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, I give them their offerings and stuff because I don't want to take nobody home with me. Yeah. So we get there to the cemetery and he brings me to this great big, I don't it's like a concrete shrine looking thing. I mean, it's like eight to ten feet tall mm-hmm. and it has the mayor of Seattle on it. And then it has all these other, his family members right there. And right at the bottom of his feet is Evangeline. And that's, that's her 
colonial name. Ooh. But her real name is Kiki Soglu. Yeah. That's her her uh, Salish name. Oh, I see. Yeah, so he surprised me with that, and I, I just got flooded with emotions. Like, I don't know, it was like an old friend, and it was like she was there, and it was like she was hugging me, and like I was hugging her. I don't know, it just felt like home or something. Like, right now, I just feel that same emotion. And I had these earrings on that Frank had bought me at the first powwow. And they really meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to us, traditionally, you can't... Like, uh, like say, if you went and seen your grandma and your grandma was like, Oh, I really like those. You have to give them to her, you know? Yeah. If for some reason I took my earrings off and I just gave them to her... And I had some tobacco in the truck, and I went back, got some tobacco, and there was a shell that we found in Ocean Shores, and I put that down. And it's, and I said a prayer to all my directions, and I thanked her for showing me her beautiful stuff down there at the um, marketplace. Mm-hmm. And just then a hummingbird comes over, and she's in my face. And it's a female because she's not as colorful as the males. Mm-hmm. She's right in my face, and she's making this noise and clicking, and she's like, like she's singing. And she's so beautiful, and she's like, then she goes up, and then she goes down. And my husband, he's not even standing next to me. He's just standing there watching this whole thing, and he's letting me do my thing. Yeah. And then I, I stand back, and I stand next to him, and she does like a circle around us, and she does another dance, and then she disappears. And then I'm in tears by then. And I got goosebumps. And I tell her thank you again. And I I say thank you to all my directions. And to Grandmother Earth. And then we start walking back to the truck. And I was like. And this was was the part that got me. I was like. Do you really think that was her? And just then that hummingbird comes out again. And does the same thing right in front of my face. (laughs) Same clicking. Same singing. Like, yes, my girl, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's saying, yes, I'm here. Thank you. And I start crying even more. Like, even right now, I got tears. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Jeez, that's pretty neat, though. That, you know, because those hummingbirds don't do that. They, they no. sooner fly away from us. They don't really want nothing to do with us. Yeah. <laughs> The only time I've ever had a hummingbird do that is when I accidentally came close to her nest and she wanted me to get away from it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We were far away from any leaves or anything. I mean, she's... And stuff like that happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's crazy we've been trying to get this story out for a while and it just wasn't working out for some reason. No, it just wasn't the day, wasn't the time, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, there's another one. Um, when I was headed back to Browning to bury my dad, mm-hmm. and it was really hard for me. It was like, I don't know. It, there was a lot of things, a lot of questions, a lot of stuff. Like, And it was really weird, too. And we pulled over, and said a prayer got my smudge out and then we get in the car and we take off and it just we we had to take all the back roads to Browning because all the roads were closed Mm -hmm. and we pulled up around the corner right after I think it was Missoula and there was a a tree just a field of like 20 eagles all different ages just standing and staring right at the car like we had to pull over and just I had to say another prayer. Oh. I was like, everything's going to be all right. To medicine said, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I only ever seen eagles like that up in Alaska, you know, by that uh, right. Klukwan village. I remember we went to town. It's like a 30-mile drive. Counted 170 of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, that's just the ones beside the road. Because it, it's in the winter when you see them, like that that river that runs by that village, it uh, 
it's got springs it's kind of spring fed that river so it doesn't freeze it it's it stays kind of open all winter and those eagles go there and fish for trout and stuff all up and down that river it's, it's pretty cool right yeah this that was weird though for montana and brown yeah, being close to missoula kind of winter time like it was an off season it wasn't the ish there was no fish running <laughs> yeah you don't it really spring. <laughs> you don't really see it like that back home you know yeah yeah i noticed up there those those clinket indians when they would all those eagles are i don't know they you know how we are with magpies or crows you know we're not really too don't get too excited over them that's how they are with those yeah. eagles yeah they're just everyday thing they don't even really pay them much mind <laughs> yeah yes, there's a bunch of other stories there's a couple other ones i can't remember them right off the top of my head just yet but yeah that was the one the main one that she's I just verified everything that I see and that I feel and yeah and like that time when I was telling you those stories I was listening to and little things that was happening in the house and the dogs and the cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she called well I called her the other day and we were talking and she said she had lodge tails on things were happening around her house and since she shut it off it all stopped <laughs> that that happens you know I mean I've noticed it too, you know, like that's why I smudge all the time when I'm done with, you know, sharing stories with people or whatever. I, you know, that they hear us, those spirits hear us and we're talking. Geez, they don't even, they can even know your thoughts, know you're thinking about them. And, you know, so that's why I kind of, I've learned to go ahead and smudge and stuff when we're telling some of these really scary ones. Right. Like when we're, it's even the good ones. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Even the good ones, too. They, they all hear you. It's, but, you know, when we're telling, that's why I said when we're telling the scary ones, that's why I smudge off. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't want them to start raising hell. And it's not happened just to you, Priscilla. Um, mm -hmm. She's one of my, one of the other guys on a podcast, Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. So, when he first told me those goat man stories, man, I had nightmares. I had a nightmare <laughs> that night and I that next morning I sometime during the day, I don't know when it was that next day I I uh texted him and and I said, Hey man, I, I had nightmares, you you son of a gun, you know. You <laughs> gave me nightmares yeah. like how do you think I feel? <laughs> he says you have I have to I, live with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, those memories and stuff and he says, Hey man, one night uh and I, I might get this wrong but this is kind of how I remember it. He said, um, in the middle of the night, he says, I was sleeping after that. He says, and, uh, I reached over and I think he said he, he thinks he reached over, but at any way, his nightstand fell over and he just kept sleeping. Like, ah, the heck with it. But he knew, yeah, he reached for something and he thinks he knocked it over, if I remember right. And, uh, he said, I'm just gonna, I'll pick it up in the morning and, he didn't worry too much about it. Well, he woke up that morning to pick everything up. Shit, it was all still standing there. You know, it wasn't knocked over anymore. All this, you know, things like that happen when, when you're telling these stories sometimes. You know, not all the time, but, you know, it can happen. Yeah. But, um, so when I was at work this past week, I don't think I told you about this, but, uh, I, I had a post on Facebook, I called it the, um, the little, what was that, what was I calling it? The little house of bangs, yeah, because it's this <laughs> little tiny house. This, I've seen this, that, yeah. Yeah, this old lady, she bought this house out there, and well, it's in a field and that land's theirs. It's uh, kind of like, I think they hay it or something out there, I don't know what, what they grew out there, but I think it's hay. Anyways, um. She had that, I guess she had it built for her granddaughter. And what they did was take a couple of those Amish sheds or, or whatever they are, and they kind of built them together, make an L shape out of them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that first, <laughs> that first day I went there, um, me and the, the delivery guy, we were unloading everything. Man, I didn't hear nothing in that house. It was quiet, but we were unloading all the materials. We, I helped him unload all the cabinets for it and... I unloaded all the flooring and everything like that. Well, 
as as I came back, I think it was about what a week later. Yeah, I came back. I was by myself. I had the the code, the little lockbox code, to get the key out and open it and everything. So I was there by myself, and as soon as I walked in there, this bangs. Like I just kept hearing banging everywhere. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, whatever, you know. I didn't really think about it because I actually went in on. I went in through the front door. And when I got into that living room, that's when I was hearing those bangs. I didn't look back in that, that room back there. Or in that bathroom back there. And I opened that other side and I started unloading all my tools and getting everything set up. And uh, next thing, it, it just kept happening. And so finally I stopped and, alright, there's somebody here working. I just didn't notice them. So I start looking for them. I'd leave that living room because I'd hear all the banging in the back rooms so I'd go back there and man it it would stop back there and then start up in that living room <laughs> I'd just stand there and look I I did I finally searched every part of the house basically cleared the house and, and alright there is nobody here I looked out all the windows and make sure somebody wasn't parked on those sides I I tried to rule everything out I just didn't know what yep. it was you know I, <laughs> At one point, I thought a gopher got in there, or, or multiple gophers, and they were raising hell. I didn't know what to think. I was trying to write it off as anything, mm -hmm. you know, because the last thing I want to think is that there's something spooky happening or, or anything like that. Because you have to stay there and work. Well, yeah. because I want to be rational, right? I don't want to be, yeah. uh, think, you know, always saying, well, that's a spook, or, or that's a, that's yeah. a, you know. That's Bigfoot, run, you know, I'm not like that, <laughs> I, I, I like to try to rationalize it first, you know, and then, alright, I know what I'm dealing with, you know, it's kind of where I, I eventually get to, but um, that's how that was, and so, I, I leave that day, I don't really think anything of it, and uh, I come home, and when I come home, jeez, I forgot to smudge, I was going to smudge, you know, because I, I have a smudge in that van, and a and a painted beaver stick from those beaver bundles, you know, that keep you safe when you travel. I, I keep stuff like that with me. So I got mm -hmm. home and I got distracted. I had to feed the kids. I, I stopped at the store and I had to feed them and, and everything like that. Well, as soon as I got home, I just start preparing them food because their mom works nights and she was still sleeping. And so I was getting them fed and then it dawned on me, oh, geez, I forgot to smudge. I said, well, I'll smudge in a little bit here and wasn't even long we we're sitting there eating i i sat on that little chair or that recliner thing and was watching tv and Bree just kind of says dad i said what's that she said i just seen this little thing peek at me from around that corner what what's peeking i didn't i said i thought that was river or the you know river's her dog because i heard something come down the stairs too from out of her room and come down the stairs Anyways, uh, she says, no, that wasn't River. I said, well, show me where you seen it. And she showed him. It was up too high for a dog, for her little dog. And so I go up there and look around. There ain't nothing. So I just start smudging right there. I just smudged out the mm -hmm. house again and everything. Well, I go back to work over there the next day. And, uh, boy, it's, it's worse. I really don't know what was what. But, um, anyways, I don't know if that something followed me from that house or something was just passing by you know because in the springtime there's a lot of water rain and a lot of mm -hmm. times they travel during this time you know like you'll see just one random thing happen and it won't happen again it's just like they pass through so i don't really know how to judge that or make sense of that <laughs> right. what she's seen i'm not too sure about that one but anyways uh i go back to that house and it's still banging like that I'm by myself and it's just banging and banging like all right i'm gonna because i i just said all right i turned my headphones on noise canceling way up and i'm just gonna ignore it and keep working mm -hmm. well i'm taking a break and uh i start i take my headphones off and i'm listening and i still hear it back there because i was curious is it still banging sure sure enough it was and uh I kept hearing, this time, different sounds. Like I heard a, uh, sound like someone flicking cardboard, you know. Like with their finger, just flicking cardboard. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, what the heck? And then, 
then it sounded like somebody had a stapler and they stapled it or a hammer tacker stapling and just slammed it on the floor. It sounded similar to both. It could have been both things. That's the only thing I could, you know, think of what it sounded like. But, uh, like, all right, all right, I'm going to get up. And I heard something else too, like some rustling. And I kept hearing somebody walking around back there. And, uh, but I heard this weird rustling sound, like plastic almost. Anyways, like, all right, all right, those other sounds are kind of weird they're they're not the banging so i think i'm gonna go see <laughs> i get up and i go back there and first i'm looking in that bathroom there ain't nothing in there all right there what that is so i'm going all the way to the back room where i have that the boxes of wood stack that i open and then carry into that living room and stack up and i have a pile of empty boxes right there well as i cut a box open i'll grab the material take it out leave that box there come back and I'll stack it and then I'll go back in there put that box away like put it on the open box pile and kind of flatten them then open mm -hmm. another one well as soon as I was coming around that corner to see what was going on uh, you know when I leave those boxes on there they, they, they're not going to fall off or anything but that empty box I left there was slammed on the floor as soon as I come around that <laughs> corner yeah just slammed like, like you know and I stood there and I, I tried to do it I tried to make that sound and I couldn't. The only way I could mimic that sound is if I picked it above my head and slammed it on the floor. And I, as I thought, all right, I left the box here. It just fell off and it hit the floor. And so I put that box back up and I kind of pushed it to the edge and I let it fall. It didn't even come close to making that loud of a sound at all. Damn. <laughs> and so I go, okay, I don't think, well, let me try this. this slam it down and so i picked it up and kind of bumped my head a little bit and i just slammed it down like yeah that's what it was then but anyways when it happened and i walked around there and it just slammed on a on the floor like that i i start laughing <laughs> i don't know why but i start laughing like, more like it was going through my mind is okay okay i know someone something's here all right yeah <laughs> I, I got you you know i'm not stupid you know, I know there's something mm -hmm. trying to get my attention. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's why it kind of made me laugh. But anyways, uh, like, oh, shit. So so first thing I did was call my mom. Because, of course, that's what you do. You call your mom when something weird's happening. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so I call her, you know, like the little boy calling his mom all scared. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I call her and I say, Mom, I hear those bangs again. It threw a box on the floor. And I come in this room and it's kind of explaining what I just told you. Mm. Is that really? So, yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on around here, but it's it's a little more than uh, you know, I can't explain any of it. So, mm -hmm. but, and she's oh yeah, it's probably those spooks, you know, going on like that. And, yeah, probably is. And then my phone dies. I mean, the the call gets dropped because I have my headphones on and the phone's in the the living room, you know, because they're wireless. Mm -hmm. Like what the? So I walk in there. Like, how does it... Because my phone has never dropped a call, ever. I mean, it, that's the mm -hmm. first time it's ever happened that I've had this phone. And so I go back in there, and I'm looking at the the thing there in my phone. I pick it up. The screen's on. And you have to... You know how they're locked shut and off, and mm -hmm. it's dark? No, the screen's on. But the phone... The call was dropped. I'm like, how the heck did... And <laughs> so I, I start trying to redial my mom... And the phone won't work. It's it's saying no data connection or something weird like that. And mm -hmm. like, okay, that's strange. And I tried again, and it didn't work. I couldn't call. Like I was getting no cell reception, but there was cell reception there, which was odd. And um, just then she calls me back, and I said, "Geez, mom, I don't know what's going on with this phone either. Now this phone's acting up." And she just start laughing. <laughs> you know, she's laughing like, "Oh." <laughs> So yeah, something's really raising hell over here. I don't don't really know. Mm -hmm. I says, but I'm gonna if it gets any worse, I'm gonna get that beaver stick and that smudge, and I'll smudge this place out. That way, I can you know keep working and I don't have to stop. And so mm -hmm. uh, she she says, well, yeah, you probably should. She just do it anyways. I said, well, I'm gonna let it wait for a little bit, and you know, it gets too bad. Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and take action like that. You know. Just mm -hmm. to make sure I ain't going to get bothered or followed or anything again. And so, uh, mm -hmm. because I was thinking I got followed. 
but anyways um this is what makes me kind of doubt that this next part so i have to go back there again and um i didn't finish up and so i had to go back that next another day and it's third day and anyways uh see right when all that was happening i had called brie too after i hung up with my mom and i called brie my daughter and so yeah, I'm kind of getting spooky over here. There's a lot of stuff happening. She's like, I'm glad I didn't come with you. I was going to make her clean for me or something, you know, just put her to work a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, that night I get home. Wait, no, let me back up. That second day when all that was happening, I, I get home and my wife's telling me, man, I had I had a dream. So what's that? And uh, I ain't going to say his name, but he was our old neighbor. He uh, mm -hmm. just recently, like, you know, three weeks ago he committed suicide, and uh, we went to his funeral and everything down here. Mm -hmm. And he was a army veteran mortarman, and um, seen a lot of stuff. I don't know. I guess there's a big. They must got ambushed or something, but a lot of folks died around. A lot of his friends and kind of survivors guilt and all that, you know. Oh, so, anyways, he, he he dealt with a lot, and mm -hmm. you know, he's a good friend of mine though. And uh, she says, well, I had a dream about him. And uh, we'll see that night he had shot himself. Um, those cops are trying to get in there in his house. And they had, I think they had thrown, must have been flashbangs or something because that dog was laying by, that dog wouldn't leave him. He had this great big dog and she wouldn't leave him. And uh, they found that dog in there too. And its eyes, you know, there's blood coming from its nose, its ears. Something happened to that dog, too, and, you know. Mm -hmm. I know he didn't do nothing to his dog. He, he would never, but... Anyways, uh, in her dream, uh, he showed up with this dog. He was saying, hey, is Rod here? And she says, no. He said, well, I need his help. When he gets back, can you, can you send him over? And she said, yeah, yeah, I will. And she woke up and everything, and by then I got home, and she thought it was kind of odd when I was telling her about all the stuff that was happening at that house. And so um, I thought, geez, all right, well, you know, since he, the way he passed away, I thought maybe he might need prayers or something. And, you know, I had to go back over to that house one last day after this, so right when she told me that, I... I took out that smudge and I, um, everybody was in the house, you know, watching TV, being loud, all these things. And I, I asked them if they can turn the TV off and, and, you know, I got it all quiet like that and, and, uh, you know, turned everything off and I started praying and, uh, I just prayed for him and I talked to him, you know, mm -hmm. don't really want to say what I said, but. I prayed yeah. for him, and I, I just told him some things, you know. In a nutshell, I just told him, you know, he's going to have to make a journey, you know, if, if you're still around us. You're going to have to, what we call the wolf trail, follow that over. I said to wherever you guys go, wherever, you know, that's basically what I was telling him, in case he mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on, or stuck, confused, whatever was going on with him, <coughs> that's what I said. And, uh, like seeing, um, you know, that next morning I woke up, same thing. I did the same thing. I I prayed to him again, and I told him some things, and I, you know, just asked Natusi to, to help him out, you know, take pity on him and everything, and talked to him again himself. And, and I went to work, and to be honest, I heard one really quiet sounding bang over there, just one real quiet, subtle one. <laughs> and then nothing. Nothing. The whole time. <laughs> Damn, that's good. Like nothing. So, you know, right, I can't say, you know, for for certain that, you know, it's not like I doubt. I know he needed prayers regardless, but mm -hmm. I kind of have a strong hunch that that was him, you know, asking for help while I was over there. And so... Yeah, I'm glad that that worked out, and it never, no more bangs, no more nothing going on. 
that's good. Yeah, that's a, I kind of think that that's what that was, you know. So, uh, you had another story. What was that? Oh, there was a, a story with Mark Gardapi and me when we were back, when we were together back a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Valerie, she was little. And I think we were together for like three years. I can't remember. Anyway, we were going at the, we were at the end of our relationship. It was kind of rocky. Um, how did it start? Well, we were, it was New Year's Eve. We went out, we went shopping. We all got new clothes. Every time I tell this story, my dog starts barking too. Oh. <laughs> oh, my outside dog too. So, anyway, um, it was New Year's. It was just before New Year's. We went shopping, went to Cup Bank, got a big check. So, we were all cashy. We had planned a big birthday party. I can't remember where we were going. It was somebody's house. We bought cases like a bunch of beer and uh another friend was there i don't think i could say his name though (laughs) but he was there and um everything was good and i don't know what happened me and mark start so mark got drunk really fast and he was grumpy and we got into a fight and argument and i didn't want him to have any more beer so i took off with it and it wasn't even New Year's night yet. I mean, it wasn't even midnight yet. So mm-hmm. we were playing this game all over town where he's chasing me. And he'd like, pull up. He's like, hey, where's my beer? And I'd take off. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, no, you don't need no more. And he was riding with somebody else. And he was chasing me all over town. He even got the cops to pull me over and ask me where his beer was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's browning. So... Yeah. <laughs> so and it's our cousins back then that were cops. They pulled me over and I was like, um, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't got no beer. <laughs> and the whole time it was all in the trunk. The trunk was just full of beer. So I'm running around all day trying to save this beer because I want to, you know, drink it later on that night at that party. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into a friend and I was like, hey, um, I got all this beer, but the cops are asking me about it. I was like, me and Mark threw in on it. Mark's already drunk. He's about to pass out. He's really, like, he was really grumpy. And uh, I was like, so can you take this beer and I'll go back and be like, I drank it all or something? He goes, yeah, 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 all right. I could do that. And he's like, where do you want to meet? I was like, well, you know, everybody goes out to pen. Nobody goes out to the pencil factory. So I was like, and it was getting dark. It was around like around nine-ish you know where it's still mm-hmm. light but not dark in my car I had a I think it was a 93 Ford Taurus and that car had issues like I don't know why but it would just shut down like the battery would shut down and then it it would start up I think like the starter the wires or something wasn't working right or something so every time I would get out, I would leave the car running. And sometimes it would just turn off. Hmm. And then I'd sit there and I'd have to keep starting it, starting it, and then it would start. I'd get lucky if it would. And sometimes I'd need a jump. So I would just never turn it off. So I'm out there at the pencil factory and I'm waiting for this guy to show up in his truck to take all this beer in the back of his truck and take it to somewhere so I could pick it up and then go to the party. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that for you. So I'm sitting out there at the pencil factory. I swear it was like an hour. Still sitting there, still no show, and it's getting darker. Mm. Darker. And, you know, it's kind (laughs) of creepy out there. Have you ever been out there to the pencil factory? Uh And I'm outside the building. I'm not inside. Man, now I got to go bathroom. And I'm like, oh, and you know, there's houses out there, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like really close to the pencil factory. So I can't just, and it's still kind of daylight. So I can't just use the bathroom out there. because You never know who's out there, who's watching. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ah, next best thing. 
go into the pavilion. <laughs> and I don't know what made what what told, this was a good idea. I don't know what world we know better than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my boneheaded butt, I drove in one end, and I'm I pulled right into the pavilion. Mm -hmm. And you know it's that soft ground for yeah. like the rodeo and stuff. Yeah. There's big rocks. And there's it's all soft and it, it's dark now. Now the sun went down, and I'm sitting in the middle of the pavilion. My car is on. Remember, I told you I have issues with my car. Yeah. And I don't know why I did this. I open the door. I get out and I go to the back of the car. Now I'm in the pavilion. Nobody can see me. So why did I go to the back of the car? <laughs> so I go into the back of the car and I use the bathroom like I would if somebody was sitting in the car, you know? Mm -hmm. So I go back there and I use the bathroom. And guess what? My car shuts off. Oh, it's pitch black in there. There's no taillights. There's nothing. You can't even and see I'm your hand. <laughs> Nope, you can't uh -uh. see nothing. And my hand is on the car, and all I know is don't take your hand off the car. And I still had to get dressed. So I'm like, ugh. So I'm slowly trying, and I'm trying not to lose it. And I feel panicky. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, man, there's nothing in here. There's no boogeyman. There's no boogeyman. So I get dressed. And I'm still trying to stay calm. And I'll be damned if I hear a hoof, like there's a horse in there. Hmm. Like in the distance, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, there wasn't a horse when I pulled in, because my, my headlights hit every corner of that pavilion, and there's nowhere you can hide. Yeah, have you been in the pavilion? You know the pavilion. Mm -hmm. There's there's nowhere to hide. Oh, well, it's just a big square. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. Okay, there wasn't a horse, but let's let's not let's not focus on that. Let's just try to get back to the car. I can't see. And I'm like, ignore it, you know, but deep down inside I wanna cry. And mm. I wanna run and I I remember everything. Don't run. Whatever you do, never ever run. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, now I can hear those hoofs, the the steps coming closer. And the reason why I know it's hoofs is because I could hear the hoof. You, you ever hear a horse's hoof hit a rock? Yeah. So it kicked a rock. And it had that hollow, like, horn sound, like a hoof sound. Mm -hmm. And I could hear it hit the floor again, you know, like a horse walking. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just keep thinking, no, 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 no. And don't look back. Don't look back. And I'm still holding on to the car, and I'm trying not to panic, and I'm trying not to run. I feel the back door. I feel for the back handle. I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm still holding on to the car, and I'm like, oh, my God. And now I smell a smell. There's this strong smell, like like dirty hair. Like uh, It's just like an animal, like a really, really strong, strong smell. Hmm. Like a musky smell. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but I was like, please don't be sitting in my driver's seat. Because <laughs> mm. the door is wide open. Uh -huh. The car completely, like, it was, like I said, it just shut off. It just turned off. It was one of those times. And I'm like, oh. So I reach out. And I'm like, oh, please just touch the door. And I grab my door. And I reach down and I feel for the door handle. And I'm like, I'm just going to slide into my car. And I'm going to close the door. So I get, I like, feel the seat. And I feel over and I'm like, nobody's sitting there. Nobody's sitting there. And I slide <laughs> into my car. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm shaking. And my keys are still, like, in the ignition. Mm -hmm. So I pull them out, put them back in. And I try to start the car. She's like, burr, 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 burr. and the lights flash like ahead of me. I see the wall. And I'm like, oh, come on, come on, please just start. And I said, <laughs> again. 
it still wouldn't start. I was like, oh, one more time, one more time, please. And the door still open. I'm too scared to reach out and pull that door closed. Um, that smell is like right there. It's like like musky, like I want to say like pee, like all different smells. Just it just didn't smell right. Hmm. And man I was like scared so finally I turn it one last time and the sucker starts I didn't even close the door I just stepped through that thing and drive stepped on the gas and you know how how tight it is to pull into the pavilion yeah like with your car mm-hmm. I ripped out of there so fast I didn't even hit nothing but I I, I swear I barely made it out there I, my door I didn't even close it when I whipped to the left that door slammed on its own and i ripped out of there and i took off and the guy that was supposed to pick up the beer was sitting there in his truck i ripped past him and i was like forget <laughs> you i headed to town <laughs> and it was and the fireworks start going off it was midnight i was like no heck no i know uh-uh I know it had to be the goat man because everybody talks about the goat man being in that pavilion over by the train tracks. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I almost seen him. And I swear when I was pulling out there, I could see light, like eyes behind me, like red, like my taillights hit eyes. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, did I really just see that? Did that really just happen? Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I've ever heard a more, you know, intense story. <laughs> They're all intense with the goat man, but yeah. to not be able to see and to know there's something around out there like that and hearing hood, yeah. Oh my God, I'm glad you made it, it out there. <laughs> it was rough. Like, there's no doubt in my mind those were, I've rode horses a lot. I've yeah. rode horses from grandma sweet's house all the way out to auntie buzzy's trailer in the dead of night oh. i mean and i've never felt scared like that before ever like no and i know what hoofs sound like on rocks and on concrete those were hoofs yeah just so and everybody knows hooks. from our grandma sweet's house out to our auntie buzzy's that's um that's right through the territory of that goat man just so everybody knows (laughs) yeah and i've rode that many times at night like midnight two o'clock three o'clock in the morning never had a problem none of my horses acted up yeah boy that's that's so scary i was listening to your story just sitting here still (laughs) (laughs) every time i tell that story to someone they get the goosebumps and they're like whoa (laughs) Like yeah. I really freaking, I tell my kids the story too, and they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> See, you don't mess around out there, you know, anywhere out there. So right next to that place is um, the old, you know, that blue building that's by that incinerator thing on the what would it be the north side of the tracks? Pencil factories on the south side of the tracks. Yeah. Anyways, anywhere out there, any of those old buildings, you don't mess around out there. That time my wife and them were out there and. Same thing, they were partying, they, they pulled into that place, and they turned their lights off, or had their lights on, and they got out, and they are all using the bathroom and whatever, but at one point they were just standing there visiting, and passing a cigarette around, I think there was three of them, if I remember the story right, but um, regardless of how many people were there, uh, as they were passing that cigarette around, this one girl, I don't want to say her name either, I don't know if she'd get mad or whatever, but <laughs> right? yeah. she took her cigarette and she handed it off. And she was just visiting, all of a sudden she got quiet and she's like, wait a minute, there ain't nobody on that side of me, I'm the last one over here. But somebody took the cigarette, took a drag of it, and she just screamed. And you know when someone's mm-hmm. like that, they sc- everybody will just take off nobody's standing there and look around what's happening what is that peculiar sound you know nobody does that they all run no non brownie (laughs) yeah so they all just ran and jumped back in the car and when they were pulling out of there they were asking her you know what happened yeah somebody took that cigarette and was smoking it but there was nobody there you know like like that is you know you don't mess around out there in that that place um that sea uh, that's it called 
Sia Corporation or whatever, Sai. Those guys, they have a building out there. And, um, you know, you can go out there and, uh, well, they work out there. It's like construction stuff. They build stuff out of wood and whatever. Nice. There's always something out there messing with them, too. You know, mm-hmm. turning off lights, turning them on. You know, things like that, just things. There's always, there's something. You don't mess around in that place out there, you know. That's nope. not the place to, to go and pull off and raise hell. I used to pull off out there, but I'd never go in those buildings. I'd pull back there, you know. Stay on those mm-hmm. hard surface areas. I'd never, no, I'd never. Even that old depot coolie where the old rodeo grounds was. I'll never go mm-hmm. out there at night, you know. I'll never, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Because that goat man yeah. was there, too, underneath those mm-hmm. bleachers. You know, I've heard a story of that when I was just a little kid. And he was yeah. under that. And one of my friends and I were talking. And, uh, you know, he was taught. He was raised around all those elders and, and all those ceremonies and stuff. And uh, we start talking. And we're like, you know, those elders, they never talked about a goat man. He said, that's kind of a relatively new thing. And I was really curious, well, why is that? And, you know, he said, well, you know, we start, the more we think about things and we experience and whatever, he says, here's a time happens, or there is a chance things can happen where you can actually bring something into existence like that, like kind of like spooks like that, you know. And I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I'm like... You know, I've heard more stories of that where, for instance, here's this one where there was a non-native, he come up to the res and he was up on Ghost Ridge, you know, up on, uh, yeah, out, out there at where all those Indians are buried, those Blackfeet are buried that died during starvation winter. He was up there. Mm-hmm. He never got no guidance, you know, he never sweat, he never... You know, anything like that, never prepared, but he went out there to fast. And, uh, well, he was fasting and, um, he let out these things. They they came into existence. Whatever they were, they were really bad. And, you know, that was because of him messing with things he ain't supposed to mess with. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't really know how that got resolved, if it ever did. Maybe some of the spiritual leaders must have, uh, well, for lack of a better phrase, went out and killed those things and got rid of them, or if they're still roaming the res, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened to that guy. I think, if I remember the story right, he was chased off at a minimum, you know. Mm-hmm. Because what are you going to do, throw him in jail for, I mean, I guess you could get him for trespassing? I don't know yeah. what those laws are, but, right. you know, things like that happen where these people, they... They're searching for more, but they don't really understand how to go about things in the mm-hmm. right way because it's not their way. But they want to embrace spirituality on some level and they want to, you know, experience those things or be those things, but they don't understand how to go about it. You know, because it's not something you just play with, you know. Yep. <laughs> and things can be released, things can be called into mm-hmm. existence, you know, things can happen like playing with those Ouija boards, they can let things out, you know, that are yeah. normally quiet or don't bother around. They can bring them into existence, you know. It ain't just a Ouija board. I mean, those are just... Yeah, that's a gateway. But you can do it with many, many things, not just a Ouija yeah. board. Your thoughts alone can bring something in, you know. It's not just... I mean, you could be messing around with that, you know, that game in a mirror that they play? Bloody Mary, yeah. Bloody Mary, whatever. You can bring things in with any any way like that. It don't have to just be a Ouija board, but, you know, yeah. it's still not good to mess with those things, you know. <laughs> then you could, uh, don't have to be one that's bought in a store. Cripes, people make their own and still get raised hell mm-hmm. with, you know. It's, oh, they do. It's just a, that's just one thing, you know. You could be, there's all kinds of ways you could really raise hell, and I don't want to tell what they are, but mm-hmm. you do those things, you'll... You'll really regret it, you know. There's a yeah, chance. Yeah, if you're looking for something negative, you'll definitely get negative back. That's why I tell everybody, like, 
don't get too lonesome when somebody passes away. Well, Priscilla and I, we continue our our conversation in episode uh, 19. This is the one after this. It's going to be a patron episode. And if you want to become a patron so you can listen to it, like I said, there's you don't have to subscribe to it every month to do that. You can subscribe to it once. You got to join the patron and um, the patron website. You got to fill out the the forms, put in your card number and all that, and you'll be charged $5, and with that $5, I just use that to keep paying for the podcast service, you know, this is nothing I'm trying to get rich off of, it ain't, it ain't like that, I don't get it like that, it's just to keep the stories coming, you kind of help and do that by supporting, by becoming a matri- uh, patron, you know, that's, that's all that's for, I'm almost a little against it in a way, <laughs> Because these stories are, they're meant to be shared with everyone, and and uh, I kind of I kind of struggle with that, having to pay the lesson, uh, whatever. But it's it's a part of this business, I guess, that you have to you have to do that. One of the necessary evils, I guess I would say. But um, anyways, how to get around that is you sign up for one month because they don't offer a one-time donation so you could just listen to them all up to that point they don't offer that so you just sign up become a member uh, of the podcast Lodge Tales once you're in Patreon you search for Lodge Tales become a member but I leave links in the show notes and on Facebook and stuff like that so you can always find it there and you become a member listen to all your episodes binge them download them whatever you want to do and then just simply cancel the subscription. And you can wait for a while and do it again. You know, you don't have to become a monthly member unless you wanted to. And if you did, I really appreciate that, you know. Like I said, it just goes into keeping the show rolling. That's all it does. And um, any and all help from that, I, I really appreciate it. You know, all of us really like ghost stories. We like all of these kinds of stories about back home especially the people off the res that have moved off and it's really good to hear these kinds of stories and they probably have experiences too and they're out there and they might tell a story here and there to some of their friends and those non-black feet might be like ah whatever these guys are nuts well, tell them to listen to the podcast so a bunch of us nuts people over here <laughs> and we tell the same stories they tell so anyways, I, I always think about them too, you know, the ones that live off the res, because they get lonesome. I, I know they do. And it's good to hear these stories about back home and stuff. And, uh, I'm just glad that, well, we can do this. And we can give them a little piece of home every now and then. So anyways, without, without messing around, I'm going to get to edit in the next podcast so we can have that out on Patreon here tonight. All right, well, good night, everyone, and thanks for being here. I really appreciate it.